0: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of our 4 part series promoting the new Ability Co-op short film. I'm your host Harry O'Brien. In this episode I sat down with Brian Smith. Brian Smith is an actor, filmmaker and the director slash producer of this short film. In this episode I spoke to him about his experience making this movie as someone with virtually no experiences with disabilities. A bit of background for those of you that are new here, the Trinity Ability Co-op is a cooperative movement led by students with disabilities towards radical inclusion on campus. This podcast series and short film were made possible by the Trinity Equality Fund. The Equality Fund is specially designed to facilitate innovative and creative equality projects by staff and students across the university. Our project theme is Inclusive Trinity, showing how Trinity fosters an inclusive environment and experience for all members of the Trinity community. So without further ado, here's the interview. How did you first get involved with the Ability Co-op? I first got involved, actually
1: Mary got on to me through a friend of a friend, which is usually how, how a lot of things start, word of mouth. So she asked me, would I be interested? She sent me on a little bit of information about the co-op and just about what they, what their vision is and what they want, wanted to highlight. So I was very interested, obviously, because it's a far cry from the sort of thing that I've been used to and not having any kind of background with anybody with a disability really i thought it was a great opportunity for me to learn something as well
0: that's where it all began what was your background like here because you're a filmmaker but what kind of filmmaker are you
1: yeah before before I, i started recording films i was actually acting so i've spent a lot of time i graduated from the gaiety school of acting a couple of years ago actually just right before the pandemic hit hard I, I finished the year in there i suppose seeing it from that point of view seeing it from the other side of the camera really i i'm electrical engineer as my day job so getting to understand both sides of the coin was really something that i was very interested in i started with photography and that kind of branched out so i got myself a camera and i figured i had to use it and then i started recording small videos and putting them into film festivals and a few of them started doing well so it, it, it was like a, a gradual build-up from there and after that i wrote a couple of short films and one of them which i'm actually finishing editing at the moment is is quite nice and it was all just a really you know, a natural build-up from from where i started and I just wanted to immerse myself more in it always loved documentaries so it's where i'm veering towards at the moment
0: and have you done any other documentaries similar to this one
1: it's not similar to this one but it's based on these guys called the irish underwater search and recovery unit it's really just showcasing what they do and drawing a little bit of awareness to them because when you think of anybody lifeguard, you think of an RNLI or something like that. These guys don't get the same kind of airtime. I thought it'd be lovely to make something that put them front and centre and just showed how they were really involved in the community. I'm halfway through that one at the moment, but of course, with lockdowns and with restrictions, it's been very difficult to actually get out with people, especially with like restrictions on, on travelling. That one's kind of running along in the background, if you like,
0: you know so you're making two movies at the same time while holding down an electrical engineering job
1: i'm making two documentaries and a short film at the same time as holding (laughs) a full-time job yeah yeah it's it's interesting it's a lot of late nights and a lot of sitting in front of computers editing but i actually wouldn't have it any other way because i'm probably happier now in the last two three years than i have been ever just with a level of fulfillment and the level of you're just doing something you're interested in and they say what is it that if you you do something you love you're never really working there's some truth in that like obviously you are working if you want to be good at it but
0: um it's been a good trip for me so far yeah that's interesting do you you said you, you sit down from the computer obviously editing are you the one that you edit it all yourself do you Oh, I do,
1: I do everything, yeah, I'm a, I call myself a one-man show, so I try to do as much as I possibly can. I think for, for me, I, I did work with a guy on, on the short film, and with the way things are with lockdowns and everything, when you're relying on somebody if they're not close to you, it's very difficult. I found that, like, you, you get half as much done, but it's like, you're so much longer back and forward when you're not able to sit down together. So I've really started taking everything on myself. It, it's meant to it's quite a, a steep learning curve as well because you're when it comes to editing, that's something that I'd have to just sit down and figure out and with music and with sound and I, I made like early on you'd make mistakes, like little, little things like not pressing the record button when you're recording sound on something happens so often. So y you, you know, you get past all of these little problems and, and you when you find out how to fix one thing, you come across another thing and I, I quite like it because it, I think it makes me respect the process more and respect the people who are really good at it, but I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm not really complaining too much. So you would have been involved
0: at every stage of the production of this movie, so would you?
1: So far, from the time the, the guys came to me with their idea of what they wanted to do, we sat down and obviously virtually sat down and spoke about how they wanted to make this versus how it can be made and putting my vision on it and all that kind of stuff yeah i've been there since the start or close to it so it's really quite nice and because you're there so early on i think you get everybody has a it's more cohesive what's more like a like a kind of family unit really i think we get on quite well i don't know if the guys will agree when they hear this fact but i think we get on quite well it's yeah it's been a really good collaborative kind of
0: process so far and walk me through, so Mary reaches out to you and she's like, look, we, we got this funding from the Equality Fund to make a short film. Yeah. Talk me through from that point there, when you reached out to where we are now, where like the filming's been done and the movie's more or less done.
1: Yeah, after she reached out to me, it was actually, there was quite a delay because she reached out to me bef- before Christmas, and I couldn't tell you when, because every day leads into one with the way things were last year. But I hadn't heard anything from from her for quite a while, and then she got back to me and said that they were able to move forward with it. The um, restrictions have been eased a, a little bit. I think that helped quite a lot. And then it was just basically a lot of meetings. I wanted them to tell me what they really wanted to to be brought across because I had no background with anybody with a disability. So I wanted the, the film to be very inclusive and not to really point a spotlight at anybody in a negative way and just let them... so. They were comfortable to tell their story and to feel like it was just like like they were being heard but not they were almost like just there for our kind of entertainment that kind of way where where it's it was a really it was really important for me that when this was recorded and i think it was the same for the guys but when this was recorded it was tasteful for want of a better term so We talked about all of that and then we picked the participants who ended up being Colette, Jessica and Scott. And then basically the guys went away because they had had more of an understanding and they they gathered a little bit of information about what each person's disability was and like an overview of how that might affect them. So we were able to build a story based on that of how we wanted to shoot it and how we wanted to portray each person but to give you like a little bit of background a a bit of flavor a bit of feeling for what it is like for them going through through college these disabilities once that was all decided once we were happy with that we picked some shoot days and we got the guys together and we tried to make it as useful with that time as we possibly could so we didn't want to really waste anybody's time keep them waiting around because Colette, for example had lots of issues with pain so I was very conscious that I didn't want her waiting. Basically, when she was there, she was doing her interview or she was doing her B-roll or she was doing whatever she needed to do. And then she was able to go home. So it was all about choreographing everybody so that time was used as as wisely as possible. And then we shot it and it was great. And then everybody was, was happy and lovely. So it's been a very collaborative process so far. Everybody's had a voice. Everybody's been able to say how they feel about it, and it's definitely been very cooperative for
0: for for sure. And you said earlier that you didn't really have any experience with the world of like disabilities and all that. And did you learn much through the process of making the film?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I
0: remember sitting and there
1: were, when we did the three interviews, each interview, if you were to play them in their entirety, it was well over an hour over probably close to two hours with the three participants. And what I took away from it was that the guys just really want a level playing field. I don't think anybody wants anybody to wrap them up in cotton wool. And you know this like poor you kind of thing, like really almost like people are looking down on them. They just wanted those hurdles removed just to give them an opportunity to go and figure it out themselves to make life a little bit easier for them, really. But yeah, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, I, I think I was quite ignorant to how difficult it, it is for them. Because I think Scott said he was like, he, he had to think very long and hard because of, because of COVID when it came. He had to think very long and hard about how he even planned his interactions with people. And then you think about you more so than most, okay, they can't go out and work with people anymore. And then you have um Clette with the pain, like how she had to plan exactly how she was getting from home to the college. And of course she was on on campus all day. So how does she find somewhere to rest? How does she how does she get around? And then Jessica, how does she find somewhere when she if if she were to become overwhelmed, like how does she how does she get to that point? And there's a lot of what I found coming off the back of this is that. Society really isn't set up for anybody who's not like perfectly able. Like when I think about my own uh, college career, like I didn't have any real problems. The only thing I had to think about was where was it going on the weekends and how is it gonna pass these exams and am I gonna get a job after? And that's really, as far as your thinking is, there was never any issue with, am I gonna be able to physically get into the building? And am I gonna get into my lecture hall and is there going to be provisions for me to just go through my normal day and another thing that I've, I've learned from the guys is that they don't really want to, to broadcast that they have a disability they don't want to go hey look I'm, I'm disabled look at me kind of thing it's, it's all just a case of they'd rather not be in that position they'd rather be in a position where things were a little bit easier for them where life was a little bit easier for them and I thought uh, as well after listening to them they're, they're all so eloquent and they all had a story to tell and they all told it quite well and it, i think it was like a lot of things these stereotypes able-bodied people would put on someone who has a disability and some people they they only change their attitude when they're told that someone has a disability so you could look at someone you look at the three guys and you would never guess they had a disability and then I think when people find out that there is an an issue, there is a a hurdle that they have to overcome, I think their attitudes automatically change, which I think is terrible because they stop treating them at the same level. So I I learned quite a lot. Um, I came away from it feeling I was privileged to, to get that information firsthand as well. And for the guys to sit down and be comfortable enough to talk to me about it, like I'd only met them virtually a couple of times beforehand so yeah I feel like I learned a lot I could talk to you for hours about this but yeah (laughs) and there is quite a an an interesting an interesting
0: perspective now drawn from from what they've told me yeah it is such a privilege to hear from them and for them to be so vulnerable on camera and especially like what you mentioned there how they they don't want to talk about it because they'd rather not be disabled and they all have invisible disabilities. So like they have this thing, they don't talk about it and it affects them and no one would know otherwise because you can't see it. So we're so, yeah, we're so lucky that they were able to speak so much on camera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, yeah, as I say, I think each interview was, was definitely an hour or half an hour long. So we're only really just scratching the surface of what it's like for them. And I think it's great that they have a platform that they can um, just voice at. of what it's like for them. Because you, you know yourself you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes of people and everybody's got their own stuff or or, or whatever like everybody's got their own stuff generally but for them to be so frank and so honest it's really something else and it, it definitely comes across in, in the recordings of, of how it is for them
0: and how would that compare to the other kind of short film documentaries you make because like the one you made about the, like the scuba divers for the deep sea rescuers for example like, that wouldn't be something they'd be, like, not yeah, ashamed to talk. We yeah, are hesitant to talk about, you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah, I think, no, I think those guys are definitely not hesitant to talk, for sure. And when you think about it, when you're talking about those other kind of documentaries, those people aren't really talking about themselves that much. They're talking about what they do and, and what it means for the community and kind of things like that. But it's also, like, you're taking it for, for granted that, Whereas something like this, it's I don't think it gets anywhere near enough time, and I think there is I think there's a small bit of like a stigma attached to people don't really know how to talk to somebody who's got a disability, or they don't really know how to deal with somebody who has a disability. And films like this and others that I've seen as well, it's it's just to bridge that gap. That gap, sorry, give the guys, as I say, a proper platform to feel normal feel feel like everybody else take away those those issues why is why is it it a problem that somebody's got a disability i think we've all got things going on but just we're able to hide it completely whereas i think definitely ireland needs to have these conversations and let let everybody kind of figure out how to how to get over it and how to just make it make it normal really what kind of impact yeah, do you hope that this has on Ireland? I hope that the guys come out of it like feeling like they got a chance to speak and be heard and I hope that not just for, for Trinity but I hope for other colleges and schools and they, they look at how their setup works for their students or for kids in their way up because what, what I've found talking to our participants is that they're at a level now where they've been able to deal with it, they're all obviously adults and it's over years and years of processing and working through they've been able to come to terms with and and manage and everything else when i I lived in australia for a long time when i lived in australia going to a therapist would be like going to a physio it was much more more open it was like there was there was no feeling that you're doing something wrong or you can't talk about this you can't talk about that and i think These are the things that we just need to normalize, just take the whole problem away. It's not a problem. Okay, someone's got a disability, right? They don't want to be wrapped up. They don't want to be talked about. They don't want a big song and dance made about it. All they want is just, if there's steps, give us a ramp. If there's, if I'm up two floors, give us a lift. If I need extra time, have that there, maybe at a click of a button or or on an app or so that it's easy. For them to just
0: be like everybody else. I think that's quite important. Is there anything you'd like viewers to know before watching the film?
1: Anything I'd like them to know. I just hope they'll come in with an open mind and just listen to the guys. I think they're so smart. The three participants are so smart and they're so clued in to exactly what it's like for them. And their perspectives are similar, but then again, quite different. And... I think just yeah, let them let them have a chance to talk and let them tell you about themselves. They're very interesting people and they're um very funny and they're and they're they're great characters and I I really love talking to them. I got a lot from them. I never thought before Mary asked me um that I'd do something like this and I never thought about it and now that that I have this tiny bit more knowledge I feel like um I feel like it's important and I feel like privilege to be part of it really but yeah just give them chats and, and listen to their story they're very interesting people
0: that's perfect thanks a million Brian no problem at all so that's it that's the end of our four-part series promoting the short film be sure to follow the Ability Co-op on all of our socials to be notified as soon as the short film is released on September 3rd It will also help you stay up to date on all the important work that the Ability Co-op is doing for students with disabilities across the country. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just by searching for the Trinity Ability Co-op.